Jesus taught us that we as Christians should expect persecution. We don't seek persecution by any means, but we should not be surprised when persecution comes because of our faith in Jesus. Christian persecution is the norm for all the countries where you support indigenous church planting pastors. What is persecution like in Bangladesh? That's the topic of today's episode. Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. If you're listening, it's likely that you're a Christian who would like to make a greater impact in global missions, but you're just not sure how. Maybe you've tried to get involved, but you keep running into all these barriers like the language barrier, I don't speak that language, or the travel barrier, how can I get there? Or, you know, the finance barrier, I don't have that kind of money. 360 Serve, it's about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planting pastors at $50 per month, sending them into full-time gospel ministry so they can reach their own country for Christ. Indigenous church planting pastors, they live in their country. They know their language. They know their culture. They're very effective in reaching their own people for Jesus. We do these episodes to share with you the stories about the amazing impact that you are having because you're sending these indigenous church planting pastors into this full-time gospel ministry in their own countries, and it's so exciting. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Today, we continue our conversation with Pastor B, our church planting movement leader from Bangladesh. What is Christian persecution like in Bangladesh? one of the least reached countries in our world. That's the topic of today's episode. Well, it is a joy to be together again with Pastor B from Bangladesh. Pastor B, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for uh, your time and come back to discuss. (laughs) You bet. Well, hey, it's a privilege. I know you're there in Dhaka right now in your office and I'm here in our house office, and what a privilege to be able to just share. And we're going to talk about, you know, a theme today that uh, really all of the church planners we support in 20 countries of the least reached countries around the world, all of them deal with this reality. They face it, and it's the whole issue of persecution. So, uh, Pastor B, uh, just thank you for, I know the stories you're going to share are going to touch our lives today. And uh, But can we begin by just, what is persecution, just generally speaking, what is it like in Bangladesh? Well, uh, thank you very much, first of all. So you asked the questions, that is our daily living, I can say, because following Christ in Bangladesh is not easy. It's a road of persecution in many ways. Uh, for example, persecution started from the family when you accepted Christ first things come your family members will kick you off from uh, the family you will lose your inheritance like in the Muslim losses if you accept any other religion especially Christianity you will lose your land you will lose your houses you will lose your food so it's very difficult then it's came from the social uh, like uh, socially, they started to discriminate you uh, emotionally and then physically also. Many times they try to kill and they try to uh, do many things uh, against uh, believers. So uh, this is very, very, uh, uh, very, very uh, crucial, like following Christ sometimes. 
Uh, sometimes we thought that only Muslims, uh, they persecuted, but this is not true. Any other religions like Hindus, they also do the same persecutions emotionally, uh, socially, and physically. So that's three places I will say uh, that started the persecution uh, mainly. Uh, also, uh, like they started to uh, forbid and you like taking water from the water well or pond, like uh, start to uh, not communicating, like you cannot sell your product in the local. Sometimes even you cannot uh, get a job like uh, as a minority believers, like when you go for interview, uh, when they know that you are a Christians, uh, they start to discriminate. In education institution also, many times, even my children and other children, they are discriminated. This is look like a different kind of persecutions happening in our life in Bangladesh. Yeah, it takes on many forms. Uh, I remember this will bring a little levity, I guess, into this very serious conversation. But I remember the last time I was with you, Pastor B, and <laughs> you'll probably remember this. We went, you know, far out into one of these remote areas to share the gospel and to visit some church planners. And as you drove in, some people recognized, oh, here's Christians. And uh, we visited. And then do you remember on the way out in our car, this was one of the most craziest experiences that I have encountered. This elephant comes out literally into the middle of the road and sits basically on the hood of the car and the the guy on the top of the elephant demands he's robbing us he was demanding money from you i couldn't understand because you're speaking in bengali and uh but you ended up giving him money and then he let us go and i know that's really i don't know if that's a form of persecution but it this just represents the i mean unpredictable ways that things will come at you in Bangladesh. That's something small, but it's something I've experienced with you. And and we've encountered other types of threats. I, I remember doing a, a baptism once uh, with you where we had the Christians that had to be on the lookout uh, in case other radicals would come in and you know try to attack us as we were baptizing. But Pastor B, wow, I know there are so many stories that you have of our church planners that have been persecuted. And, and this will get into also the types of forms of persecution that you just kind of had mentioned. There's a dear pastor, his name is Daniel, and, and we get to support him monthly um, by providing his rent, which is an, kind of an unusual project that we, you know, help out with in Bangladesh. And uh, why, you know, did, I could describe, but in your own words, why are is he in need of rent uh, for his life? Well, uh, thank you very much, first of all, uh, whom you are supporting for safe house for the church planter. Uh, this is a great need for our church planter. You know why? Basically, we send the pioneer church planter in different locations where have no believers, no churches. So security is very, very important for their own life because people really, when they know that these flow brothers, they are actually sharing the gospel, they try to kill them initially. So we really feel that they need a safe house at least nighttime 
they can stay safely, you know. So that's why uh, the Daniel, actually, especially one of our brothers who are working in a district called Gaivanda, there is no single churches uh, last decades, but thank God now we have three uh, churches there. And uh, he and his team live in a house. There is a nice gate, lock, and other things. So nighttime, uh, somebody cannot come and kill because we have few stories previously experienced like uh, similar kind of churches. They start to try church planting in different villages and different uh, districts. And there was a lot of uh, persecution, even killed uh, some evangelists. So we really, really feel a protection and that's uh, providing the money to finding a house where they can uh, keep safe. Also, you know, without any place that uh, they can feel safe, how they can work. So this is very, very important uh, for their own life's sake, that they can have a uh, shelter, that they can actually, um, how I mm. say, <laughs> saving their own life. So you are helping yeah. to uh, keeping safe their life uh, yeah. for the uh, kingdom and for the ministry, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's if hard. If you need it's more hard. explanation, I no, can no, give, that's but... that's great. I think it's just really difficult for our people to comprehend that you know serving God would require a safe house. Otherwise, you would potentially, probably, be killed by radicals. And uh, I love this pastor because he has such a passion for planting churches in an area where there are no Christians, where it is a dangerous area on so many levels, but we're grateful that we are able to support in this way. So pray for Pastor Daniel. Would would you right now as you're listening for his protection? Well, let's move on. I know there's other stories. Uh, uh, talk about Evangelist Jay and just what is going on in his life. Well, uh, Brother Jay is a first-generation believer from the uh, Muslim background, and one of our evangelists actually shared the gospel with him. And he accepted uh, Christ because he was really learning uh, nicely to know uh, who Jesus is and how Jesus can save his life for the eternal hope. And uh, he have another two older brothers, and his uh, father is a madrasa teacher. I don't know if you will understand the madrasa. It's look like a uh, Muslim's uh, training center. They're basically training the religion. So there, so um, when they discover that uh, Jay is not going to the mosque for uh, namaz, they call prayer five times in a day. So they start to ask that, uh, why you are not uh, going to the mosque? First of all, he tried to little bit hide himself that, but finally he says, well, I accept Jesus Christ and I will not go to the mosque again. So they actually courted him, took to the mosque, and they uh, gathered some other peoples, like more than 30 to 50 peoples. They start to jazz, like what kind of uh, judgment he will be jazzed. So in between, they uh, hit him several ways, like use the sleeper on your feet, you know. So they hit it with that. And they says, forget everything of Jesus and follow again Muslims. 
but he tried to um, uh, deny that things and he says no i will not so uh, it's started more things but thank god uh, there was a miracle happening in his life his one second older brother come to him he says well i'll make a way you can run away from this place and never come back so his older brother says okay let them uh, see what he can do maybe he will change like this and he moved the gathering and in between he ran away uh, from that mosque even from the village and he never uh, come back to his village even today and um, uh, now he's leaving another city from his places and he we trained him more and he became an evangelist and he lose everything he lose his own uh, land he lose his houses even all clothes he came out from the home by only one cloth like one uh, uh, one shirt and one pant and without uh, sleeper so that is that is the situation of jay uh, but uh, i was talking to him and i saw is a shining face upon him he was rejoicing to the lord he says uh, pastor that things is true like if anyone want to come to follow me he need to bear my cross so I'm bearing his cross. I'm joyfully bearing. I also know that Jesus saying, like, blessed are those persecuted my name. So uh, Jay is really, really uh, an example to us, like following Christ, how uh, they can persecute it. He also have many kind of other stories, like I can give another example. Uh, I think last month he tried to visit his home, but he cannot enter his village because he get the information like if he enter the village maybe he will be more persecuted and more something he tried to call his dad and brothers but nobody received his uh, phone even though they saw the unknown number and when they uh, hear the voice of jay they says you already dead you are no more so this is our brother jay yeah Wow, that uh, moves us, and, you know, it should move us to prayer, and we can pray for Jay also. Oh, man. Uh, there's other stories, I know. Uh, Pastor B also, is there Hamidul? Is that his name? Can you share about him? Hamidul is a brother, also is a believer uh, in another village. You know, but it's still there are many ways people can survive themselves, but when they uh, really one family or two family this is very difficult to stay in his own village so brother Hamidul he accepted Christ and he also persecuted and we feel a life threatening to his life so we relocated from uh, village to the city and now he's living in the city so he can protect himself and uh, he can uh, do some work because in a big city they don't know who he is and where he from, but his own village, everybody knows that. Uh, and, you know, this is another uh, problem. Uh, we don't compromise with the belief and the ethics and the practice. So when they started to not to go to the mosque and not to sacrifice the cows, not fasting and other things, so easily people can recognize no, that uh, this man or woman is different than others. So Hamidun also uh, recognized their community that he is following Christ. So 
they actually um, forbidden many things. Uh, he don't able to sell his uh, labor uh, to the community. He don't able to uh, collect the food from the shops. That's such a kind of thing. So we feel okay. He need to relocate it. So we bring him in in the city. Now he is working and fellowship with our uh, churches. So we, we are able to save his life. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the things that we work with you, Pastor B. It's an honor. You know, when so many of these church planters, they come to Christ and the persecution comes, they need to move. They go into other areas where (laughs) they're safe from the community that would persecute them or potentially kill them. And that $50 a month is so critical because it sustains them. It literally is their livelihood and helps them on the road, so to speak, continue in ministry. You're training them, they're going, and uh, this is just the reality of ministry in Bangladesh. And so thank you. You're supporting a church planner. Many of you are. Many of them have had to flee for their lives, and they're in, they're in other areas where Pastor B is encouraging them, building them up, sending them out into unreached areas, and this is just the reality of ministry in Bangladesh. Pastor B, uh, talk about, is it Mikkel? Is that how you uh, pronounce his name? Uh, actually, you know, as you mentioned, that we are only supporting a, a 50 bucks for their uh, living as evangelists. So what we do, uh, we also teach them that they can start some uh, income-generating work uh, by. So our brother M started a banana gardening, like uh, he planted, uh, I think, around uh, 150 banana trees so he can sell some bananas and little bit survive. But, you know, um, his people group, neighborhood, they understand that this brother is a uh, Christian brother and uh, he is doing the evangelism and all those things. We are so broken. We are so saddened uh, because one night his 100 banana trees uh, people came and they cut it, you know, from the ground. So next morning when he saw and sent us uh, the call, he was just crying and he's saying, I lose almost everything because that was a place that he can earn some money. Maybe he can sell some bananas. And with your support, he can um, multiply a little bit support so he can have some food and survival. But local people actually um, destroy his banana trees. I was so uh, so saddened when I heard I able to encourage him, and uh, from local churches like in my church where I pastorate, we collected little money and we send it. And uh, now we are praying to see what can we do. Uh, but past- uh, evangelist M is so encouraged. Though uh, first time he was very broken, but later on he come to the life of Jesus Christ and get the encouragement from the word of God. So that's Mm -hmm. the way actually uh, evangelist M is working among the hilly tribal people. Well, we'll be praying for him. Thank you, Pastor B, for that. I know also in the northern part of Bangladesh, there's been persecution that's broken out. What's all going on there? Uh, I want to give a little bit uh, background right now, today in Bangladesh. And uh, 
this is very difficult but i still can tell you as you are my friends so it will not be very much public uh, you know there is a group called hafazat islam in bangladesh is growing up a lot this is a very big fundamental group so in northern part of bangladesh where our movement is going on uh, not only our churches but other uh, like minded denomination also working there so there are a lot of uh, muslim movement going on so i think last month there is a uh, charge taken over by this group uh, they make it mosque they start to uh, pray there uh, praying namaz there they took taken all our bibles and all our songbook i have the picture even if you want to uh, share some of our close friends who are with our network so they can see that what kind of situation we are going on we are able to go to the uh, police we are able to go to the government and others this is well we will give you result but still today nothing happened one church initially become one mosque by force like taken over so that's the situation we will be praying for that and uh, we have a whole section on our website you know called persecution where you'll be able to help uh support uh you know issues, challenges, persecutions like this. We'll talk about that a little bit later um, as we wrap up this section. But Pastor B, um, I wanted to just lead up to this in your own life. Um, I've known you many years. You're a dear friend. You're a dear brother. And uh, I have prayed for you over the years. Many times you yourself have been persecuted. You could share with us many stories on that. And I know that you're a humble man. And uh, yet I will, I'm going to ask you to just tell, if you would please, one story of what happened to you in 2015. And this is when I remember myself, our family, really praying for you. Uh, it started by your name being placed literally in the public newspaper. And tell a little bit about that and then just what happened, Pastor B, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, actually, in uh, my public um uh newspaper as you say is that they mentions that uh, uh my name and i become uh, familiar with many other uh, fundamental groups that i'm a church planter and i'm leading a church planting group so that's the way they actually start to recognize my faces my um, pictures and one day i was just visiting one of our uh, church planting area near the city where we able to plant in the churches so uh, before i think they make a plan that they will do something and when i was there um, and i was walking because from the main road to the uh, village it's not a village a small city you cannot take your car so i was walking and then a uh, few people i think they uh, from the behind they start to persecute me and they throw the stone on my head and blood came over my body and I was just lay down in uh, what you call like fall down on the street side. And um, I almost die actually, but thank God there was a miracle happened. On the main road, uh, there was a police van was coming with the siren, maybe another purpose, not my purpose, you know. And they ran away. They thought that they're coming to them. Uh, and the police, they saw my body and they taken to me and maybe uh, they uh, find my address, my wallet. They called Milita 
and they took me to the hospitals and uh, God saved my life. Maybe I supposed to be die, but uh, Jesus Himself has a plan for me. And uh, if I die, I want to die for my land. And uh, God is good, even those persecutions. Many, uh, and I, I believe, still I'm praying for those people who persecuted me that they will come to Christ. I don't recognize them because they are behind me. But every day when I pray, I pray for them that God, you revealed the truth uh, for their life. And you know, many many people I found, uh, even I can mention a few years back, uh, this story uh, and other places I know, still I have a good relation, uh, Faisal Islam, one of the men, he was making a plan to uh, kill me, but I saved his younger son life actually. I had a good friendship with his son. And now this family has become my friend, you know. And I, I know Faisal is going to be change his life. Mostly every week I talk to him with phone. And uh, he's, he's a hujur, you know, hujur means long beard and uh, mm -hmm. very potential man. Uh, but I am, I am able to disciple his family. His wife called me brother. So uh, this man now called me brother-in-law. <laughs> mm. So uh, that's the way I have. And I'm, I'm laughing now, but it's a joy of love that Jesus made me saving my life from any kind of persecution, you know. So I'm thankful for that. Well, thank you for, man, just your testimony. Are there certain lessons, Pastor B, that you've learned from just the persecution you yourself, you know, personally have experienced? I mean, you just kind of shared some right there, but are there any other things that the Lord has taught you just over the years as you deal with persecution day in and day out in Bangladesh? Well, uh, one day I was in your country and uh, there was a, a conference going on and there were a lot of stories coming regarding persecution. And one man asked me, what do you think uh, about persecution? And I said, well, persecution is look like breakfast, lunch and dinner in our life. So this is the learning, you know, we can say. Because uh, persecution is daily life in my country in many ways, uh, I will say. So we are not afraid about persecution rather than we are learning ourselves how to survive. How can we uh, stay more, more, uh, how I say, more longer or more faithful? Because devil is very clever, you know. Devil always is saying, you can persecute it. Your people can persecute it. So we says, no, in the name of Jesus, we can overcome the persecutions. We are not afraid. Rather than we are trying to make a movement to get victory over the persecutions. And this is not new, you know, in even the Jesus time, persecution was there. Today, even in US, you have persecution. Today, I have persecutions. So this is our learning. We want to be faithful. We want to go forward. Keep our focus on Jesus. We don't want to defeat it uh, by the fear of persecution. Rather than we want to get the victory in the name of Jesus on persecutions. So a movement is growing and it will grow because Jesus is alive. He was persecuted, he was on the cross, he was buried on the grave, but he resurrected. Same way, daily, we are resurrecting our life in between the persecutions. Amen. Wow, that's a great word, Pastor B. Appreciate it. I know this is uh, 
encouraged us, our listeners, everyone who's listening. I know we've been moved by this to pray and uh, to look in our own lives for that victory that's found in the grace of God and the power of Jesus Christ with whatever we might be facing in our own lives even today. So thank you, Pastor B. We're going to be praying uh, for the dear church planners that uh, are in Bangladesh for you. Thank you for all these stories. And uh, God bless you, Pastor B. Thank you so much. Be with us. Uh, don't be afraid. Don't be feel discouraged. Uh, but we, because of you, we are able to work in between of the persecutions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor B, for sharing with us about the reality of the various forms of persecution in Bangladesh. What a statement Pastor B made when he said, we get served persecution for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. How is this episode hitting you? Is God wanting to use this episode to deepen your understanding of what persecution is so often like for our brothers and sisters who live in these least reached countries in our world today? You know, Hebrews 13 verse 3 says this, Remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. God calls us in this scripture to remember our brothers and sisters who are suffering persecution, to actually place ourselves in their shoes, to feel what they're feeling as if we ourselves were suffering with them. That's deep Christian empathy and love, isn't it? Here's your action step of the day. Support a persecuted church planting pastor and their family. If the Lord is leading you, you can give. And we will direct those funds to a persecuted church planting pastor and their family to help them in their pain and suffering and to encourage them. Go to 360serve.org, click on Give, click on Where Most Needed, write Persecution in the comment line, and we will direct your gift to bring a blessing to a persecuted church planner and their family. Any amount will be a blessing. And by the way, 100% of what you give will go to help that pastor's family. You say, how is that possible? Well, we have visionary Christians who believe in our ministry so deeply, they cover all of our administrative costs. So everything you give goes. You know, one more verse, Galatians 6.10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Thanks for being with us today. I pray you've been encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you've heard. Join us in our next episode as I'll ask Pastor B to share with us stories about the amazing church planners who are courageously reaching Bangladesh for Christ. Until then, may the Lord bless you. 